I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How are you, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Well, today is going to be uh, one of our special editions because, well, not special, but we're going to do the top centers from 1990 to 2012. So any player that was drafted up to 2012, they're going to be included in our top five centers in the NBA. And, you know, Garrett, I think it's a pretty impressive list of folks that – that have played during that period of time. And many of these guys you've actually seen play, you know, unlike when we do our other episodes, it's like you have to go to the, go to YouTube or whatever, or, the, the, or Google to find out how, how well they played or just go by their reputation. These guys, a lot of these guys you actually saw play. So um, I'm going to, uh, I guess we'll just we'll start at five and go to maybe four. We'll see how far we can get before this, episode would end because we may want to make some comments also because more than 25% of the NBA season has expired. We may want to talk about where you would have your top two or three or four players per the MVP contest, which is obviously ongoing and won't be decided until well after the season's over. But you know, just to give a little assessment on how well some of these guys are doing at this point in time as we're getting ready to close out year 2022. Uh, so, Gary, you want to do, start with the MVPs first or go right to number five? Your choice. Uh, let's jump into uh, my MVPs. Uh, okay. This will be a very quick uh, segment for the listeners to suggest my view on how I believe the NBA season is going currently. Um, I think the names – are all going to be the same for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but my number four, I'm only going to do top four. I'm not going to do a top five. I don't think there's five guys that deserve to be up for the MVP at this particular point. Okay. Maybe because the fifth guy would have been Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's going to be <laughs> up for about a month. Yeah. So Steph Curry will not be in the conversation for me. But number and, four. And Gary, also, speaking of injuries, AD's out again, Anthony Davis. So he, he uh, and I think he would be a potential four or five as well MVP uh, choice at this point, but uh, he's going to be out for a while. So I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Well, he wouldn't have been from uh, for me. He would have. Okay, for uh, me, he would have been. Okay, go maybe ahead. Maybe because as a playing team, you know, you don't. You know, <laughs> his, team's not even, his team's not even in the playing. <laughs> Good point. So yeah, that Good wouldn't point. really work for me. But my number four mm-hmm. is a guy that you know the listeners probably think I love a little too much. But that's Kevin Durant. I have to put Kevin Durant in here for what he has gone through this season. Obviously, he's having 30 points a game. He's having his best, uh, you know, one of his best shooting percentage years. His efficiency is, is always off the charts. But what he's doing this year, you know, with the Kyrie situation that was going on early in the season, and then obviously Ben Simmons just being Ben Simmons, and the fact that the Brooklyn Nets don't even have a center really on their entire roster. And he's having, you know, one of his best seasons. Needs to be noted. Uh, they're the number four seed in Eastern Conference as we speak. And that needs to be, uh, you know, 
pointed out more often that the Brooklyn Nets are a top four team with all the drama that they've had to deal with uh, this season. Uh, my number three is a guy that you don't like, but it's okay. Uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka's, you know, has been the favorite for the MVP awards, uh, you know, basically when the year started. He's having a great season. He's leading the league in scoring. He's having a phenomenal year, but his team's not winning enough for me. Mm-hmm. I get that that's, you know, that's part of it uh, because the Dallas Mavericks don't have the most talent in the league. But, you know, he needs to do more winning uh, for me to put him higher on my list. So I'm going to have him at the number three spot. The number two spot for me is Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. He's having another great season. He's he's becoming really more like a stat pattern for me because consistently he's going to get you 30 points and about four, 13, 14 rebounds and, you know, and get about you know five assists a game. But, but if you look at his team, he didn't have Chris Middleton for a while, and now they don't have Drew Holiday. So he's been forced to win these games without his second and third options in the lineup continuously. And I think the number one guy, I think, on everybody's list, even though they just lost two games to the Orlando Magic, is Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is starting to live up to that standard that he thought that he was supposed to be at, that we all thought he was going to be at. Um, and the Boston Celtics are playing like the team that we all thought that he would uh, – that he would lead to the NBA Finals, which he did. But we all thought that they would play better in the NBA Finals once they got there. And now he's living up to those expectations. And they've had injuries as well with Al Horford being out, Robert Williams being out, and, you know, and so forth. And, of course, their, you know, and of course their coach, you know, being gone from the beginning of the season. So those are my four guys uh, right now. I think okay. uh, all four of those guys have had, well, in this case, Two of the four guys are having career seasons in Luka and Jason Tatum. Um, the other two guys, you know, they've always been at that point. But the key thing for all four of these guys is going to be, one, can Tatum keep it up? Two, for Giannis, will it be voters fatigue? You know, even though he hasn't won the MVP uh, in the last two years, it could be voter fatigue on his part because he's putting up the same numbers every year. Uh, for Luka, will they win enough games? And for Kevin Durant, unfortunately – Unfortunately for Kevin Durant, injuries have been a component for three. He hasn't won more MVPs, so I would like to see how how it all uh, fares out. And maybe there's another player that we're not talking about. Maybe a John Morant, maybe a Zion Williamson, maybe even a Devin Booker will get into the conversation. But right now, those are my four guys for the MVP. Okay, Gary. Okay. Well, I'm going to extend it to five. If you want to pick another one and put it in that fifth spot. You can go ahead, but well, that would be oh, Steph Curry. Oh, oh, Steph Curry would be in your fifth spot. Okay, okay, right. I got you. I got you. Right, but okay, but uh, again, the reason why Steph will be at the fifth spot is because Golden State has the worst road record in yeah. the NBA. They're, they're so, you know, so you got to be able to win some of these games, and uh, you know that's why I am at the five spot. And then, obviously, honorable mention would be Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis was only playing this way for about two or three weeks, so you know. It hasn't been the full season. So that's why he's not higher on that list. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how things are going to turn out. But right now, those are the main those are the main four guys I have my eyes on right now. Okay. I got you. I got you. Well, my top five 
would be well, I'm going to mention my two honorable mentions, so I guess there would be six and seven. And and that would be, uh, and not in any particular order, but I, I, they do need to get a shout out because the teams are doing doing very well. That is John Morant that would be number six or seven. Uh, not in my top five, but definitely knocking on the door. He's averaging about 26.7 points a game, uh, and the team Memphis is doing, doing very well, and he's just a highlight reel. So I, I just like the guy. So I would have him in that six or seven spot. And then a dark horse guy who, who played basketball in Connecticut, even though it was prep school, but still played basketball in Connecticut, uh, was a force when he played for the Utah Jazz, and he continues to be a force with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that is Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is averaging about 30 points a game. But once again, we talked about this. A lot of guys are averaging 30 points a game this year. I mean, this is like you know, 30 points a game a year. He's averaging 20, oh, be exact, 29.5 points a game. And, and he is uh, leading a team that's young and a team that's well coached and a team that's winning a hell of a lot of games. I mean, they are really an impressive squad, that Cleveland Cavalier team. Uh, just like, you know, obviously Memphis is doing well t- as well. So those two guys would be my six and seven. Uh, so now let me get into my, my top five. I would have had Anthony Davis in there as number, probably at number five. I would not have had that stuff in there because the team is just, just I know both teams are losing a lot. You say the Lakers are losing a lot too. But I, I like what 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 uh, Anthony Davis was, was doing this year because he was really standing out. Curry, Steph was having a well, a stuff year, you know, so he always averages around 30 and shoots about 92% for the free throw line. So I wasn't overly impressed by, by him as far as being a potential MVP person. Now he's going to miss, he and Davis going to miss a good portion, well, at least a month during uh, of the season. But now, right into my number five, I, I agree with you, Gary, and on, on Kevin Durant. You have his number four, I have his number five. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant is... Uh, is definitely worthy of, of MVP mention. Will he get it? No, he won't. But that's the same thing with, with the Greek freak who I have at number at number four. The Greek freak's not getting it because, you know, once again, they've done well. Uh, in the case of the Greek freak, won multiple MVPs already. In the case of Kevin Durant, mm, he doesn't have a lot of good press as far as the media is concerned. And, and I don't think a lot of the players would, would vote for him for MVP unless the team really stood out and did what they are capable of doing, and that is taking the East. And and if they can do that or, or finish second in the East, I, I think he will garner a lot of votes. He's yeah, averaging twenty nine point nine points a game. Um, you know, shooting his typical ninety three percent from the free throw line, and just just having a Kevin Durant type of year. Uh, the team is a mess, and 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 hopefully it will get better as the season goes on, and and, and they'll get used to playing with each other with the with the addition of uh, Ben Simmons and all. Uh, but right now, you know, the team is not going to, in my estimation, doesn't seem to be a top-tier team in the East. But, you know, you never can tell. The season is is still young. And then in my number four spot, as I mentioned already, is a Greek freak that, you know, the, he's averaging 30 points. As I said before, everybody's averaging about 30 points a game. 30.6 points a game, uh, getting his 11.1 rebounds a game, putting the work in getting a number of minutes in each game right right now he's 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 no they're they're using him no sparingly he's playing about 32 minutes a game and getting those points and the team is doing well we know they're going to be in the in the top tier of teams in the east without any question and we know that he's the main reason for it 
but I don't see him truly being a, a, a strong candidate for MVP. So now let's deal with the three people who I feel could win the MVP. And let's start with the person in the number three spot and that I don't like him as a player, but I respect what he has done so far, but his team just, just has not won enough. And that is Luka Doncic. And Gary, you're right. I don't like the guy. I think that he's all about Luka. The, the team is not a team. He he score, He he has to have the ball like 99% of the time to be able to, to be Luka. I don't know what he would do if he had to move without the ball. I don't think there'd be a game. But he's averaging 33 points a game. No longer the leading scorer, though, Gary, in the league. Because my number one guy is my number two guy. I should Number one guy, but I still keep him at number one, is actually leading the league in scoring. But he uh, is, is having a very, very, look at that is, a very solid year. Um, getting 8.3 rebounds a game, 8.7 assists a game. Right now, the best season that Luca's ever had. Um, problem, team's not winning. Problem, he has, he has to have the ball all the time. And uh, he plays more minutes than anybody else in the NBA. Well, I'm sorry, other than. Um, other than the guy who I have in the number two spot, and that is Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has it all right now. The Lake, the Celtics are, you know, obviously they were in the finals last year. They're in first place this year. <laughs> he's averaging over, everybody's averaging 30 points a game. So he's averaging 30.2 points a game, uh, getting 8.2 rebounds, which I think is very impressive for him, along with 4.1 assists. Uh, the team is a team. They are they are probably the, the best in my estimation, best all-around team in the NBA right now, having having um, a number of you know they have the, obviously they got Jason Brown, they got they got the guy from uh, from Indiana playing on the team. Can't give his name off the top of my head, but from UVA, Brandon is his name. Brandon, what's his name? Gary, I'm struggling. Oh, Michael Brogdon. Michael Brogdon. Michael Brogdon. I think he's a very solid point guard. They got him. They needed they needed a player like that. Um, you know, they got some injuries. Williams seems to stay injured. Uh, Horford's not playing right now. And yet they're still uh, the, leading the NBA in the East at this point because of, uh, I think, largely because of Tatum and the, the experience that Tatum and Brown would bring to the team, and though they're both very young. Now, have they matured? Have they gotten, has he gotten to the point where he is a, a mature individual that can lead teams and, 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 and key games, uh, yeah, he's working on that. So he's he's uh, working prog- progress. He's going to only get better. Tatum is only going to get better, and that's scary because he is already really good. He was first team All NBA last year, which puts him right in line to be able to get the MVP award in this upcoming season. But I don't think he will because I believe that the number one person who I said at the beginning of the year would be my number one choice for MVP. Should have gotten it last year. In fact, I don't even understand why he didn't get it last year. And I think that everyone who didn't vote for him last year should be kicking themselves and also to be obligated almost to vote for him this year because his numbers are even better than they were last year. And his team is better than it was last year. And that is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid playing a solid 35.6 minutes a game scoring 33.3 points a game, the leader in the NBA. And, oh, by the way, he did that last year. He led the NBA in scoring and didn't get anything for it. So uh, this year he, he's averaging almost 10 rebounds a game, shooting 50, 84, 
0.9% from the free throw line. Find me a seven-footer who can do that. And also, um, you know, shooting about 54% from the field, which is outstanding. And as always, one of the top three-point shooters for a center in the NBA, shooting about 34% from the three-point line. So what, did, what doesn't he do? Uh, he is uh, doing extremely well. Uh, the team is going to get better as they play play together more. Maxie's out. Uh, so is um, uh, they have another guys out on that team. I think it's is it um, can't think of his name Gary right now. That they they're they're small forward. Oh, Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias Harris is out right now. So they got two star players out, and they're still doing extremely well, and they're going to do better. Um, and I think that you know there's something to be said for a coach who has won the NBA championship, and they have Doc. Uh, Doc Rivers, who has won an NBA championship, and I think that's going to help them. And you know, that's a negative on on some some teams that don't have that type of high quality coach, <clears throat> Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> but you know, so it should be a year in which Joel Embiid should get the MVP award because he should have gotten it last year. This year, uh, he I think he's right in line to to get that award. Not a knock on the Joker. I think the Joker is a is a you know very good player. He won the MVP award two two times. I don't think he deserved it twice, but uh, he did. Uh, and I but I don't. I, once again, I don't have him in my my top five, or he would be my top ten. The Joker. I'm not dismissing him totally. He's 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 playing now for, with, with Jamal Murray, who obviously has to get some points as well. He's still that being the Joker is one of the best passing centers in the NBA. Though, getting back to Embiid, Embiid's averaging about five assists a game as well. Yeah, there's no such thing as a top ten for Embiid. Uh, <laughs> I know, so that's true. He's not in your conversation. He's but, not in my conversation, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But, there is definitely you know, I think it'll be, <laughs> right, but it'll be, it, it'll be very interesting to see how it all shapes out um, in the end. Um, I don't have Joel Embiid in my top five. Because the Sixers have underachieved. Mm-hmm. They should be where Brooklyn is. And I know you threw a shot at Jack Vaughn, so let me defend Jack Vaughn real quick. Doc Rivers has blown the most 3-1 leads in NBA history. So that's the coach that the Philadelphia 76ers have on their side. At least Jack Vaughn hasn't – Jack Vaughn, I'm telling you, won't blow 3-1 three, three leads like Doc has done in his, in his time as head coach. And, Gary, let me – make me correct a couple of things here. The, the Cavs are solidly in third place, and the Nets are above the 76ers at this point, but we'll, we'll see how that pans out. By, but the 76ers are definitely on the upswing. They won four in a row of late. The Nets have won five in a row, so they're, they're, coming, they're coming into their own as well. So, Gary, uh, why don't you give me your number five top center from the year 1990 until 2000. 12 when he was drafted. Who do you have so, as your number five spot? So when we did um, our previous list, which uh, please listeners go listen from 1960 to 1990, it was uh, you know it was very hard to do that under um, that list. And even when we did our top 50 list uh, a little while ago, that was hard as well to do. And you know certain information has changed as I've watched more and more of these guys play even more recently. I've watched some of the other guys who are going to be on this list um, as well. And I, you know, I moved some guys around, but the number five spot was to me, the hardest spot out of all the spots, in my opinion. And I'm going to stick with it. But even though I feel like this player has accomplished more than the four guy, but 
when I watch these two play, it's very clear to see who's the better player. So I'm going to have at my number five, Dwight Howard. And I think Dwight Howard has gotten a bad rap in the NBA right now. He should be on an NBA team, Brooklyn Nets, instead of playing in China. He needs to be playing in the NBA. He is still an, uh, a player that can help many, many teams out uh, throughout his career. Obviously, he won an NBA championship, a championship for the Bubble Lakers, but to me, the more out, uh, the more impressive one was when he got to the Orlando Magic in the finals, and he carried that team to the NBA finals. And that's very hard to do because most players who don't have another all-star on their team can't do that, and he was able to do it. And, you know, he never had a great post game. You know, he never had a great uh, – he wasn't the greatest offensive scorer but we all know Dwight Howard, in his prime, is one of the best defensive players in NBA history. And there's really no debating that um, at all. Uh, just looking at all his numbers and all his accomplishments, um, he's in the league in block twice. Um, he's a five-time NBA rebounding uh, leader. And he was three-time defensive player of the year. And he really should have won it a fourth time in, in 2012, but he got injured uh, during that season. So Dwight Howard, obviously... Uh, you know, I don't think we can have a list, a top five list, without Dwight Howard being on it for this generation. He was the best center first stretch, even though that was probably the worst era of centers ever, which also changed the all-star voting. Adam Silver needs to change that. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I have Dwight Howard at my number five spot. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's sad also that, that he wasn't on the NBA top 75. We all know that he is a top 75 player of all time. It just shows the disrespect that Dwight Howard gets um, throughout uh, on the media world. Well, Gary, you're going to be surprised. I have him as number five as well. And that for, for all the reasons, Gary, I think that uh, one of the most interesting uh, slam dunk contests, well, for me, one of the more memorable ones was one which Dwight Howard was in. Now, obviously, Michael and Julius Irving, you know, I, you know, Vince Carter. I mean, there have been some great ones, and and now you have a bunch of no-names doing it, but that's another story. But but Dwight Howard's was one of the most memorable slam dunk contests. I know you, the, all the things you mentioned, I agree. I mean, Dwight Howard, five times, five, not one, not the, five times he led the NBA in rebounding. Five times. And Gary, there were two seasons he averaged over 14 rebounds a game. That's ridiculous. That's Bill Russell like. And, and then there was in the playoffs, he averaged, there was like two or three playoffs that he averaged 15 rebounds a game. You know, so the guy was just in his prime, was absolutely special. Two times he led the NBA in block shots. And f- four times he was all defensive first team. Four times first team, all defensive. Um, first first team player, and uh, you know he was all. I'm sorry, he was all defensive player of the year three times, four, four times all defensive first team, to go along with five times, five times he was all NBA first team, five times, and then he was one time, one time he was second team, and two times he was third team. He, I agree, everything you said, Gary. There's no reason why he should not be in the top 75 players in the NBA's history, because very few players have put up those kind of numbers under a tremendous amount of adversity. Is he the smartest player that ever walked out of bat? No. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Is he? Does he do stupid? Yeah, he does. Or he did when he played. But bottom line of it is, he got one thing that a lot of players don't have. Now, granted, it wasn't that 
COVID year, 2020, he doesn't have a championship. And he played his role. He was not the star player of the team. He was not the second option on the team. Third. Deserves to be as mentioned as well. From the years 1990 to 2012, being drafted before 2012 um, in the NBA's history. Uh, scoring average-wise, they score a hell of a lot of points, about 16 points a game. In the playoffs, 16 points a game, 15, 16 points a game during the regular season. Uh, career rebounding average, about 12. It would have been higher, but he had a couple of years where he didn't play that much, You know, didn't play that many minutes. So the scoring average went down. Otherwise, it would have been 13, 12 or 13 rebounds a game. So very an, an exceptional player. I, I think of I think of players like I think of um, oh boy, what's that guy's name who, who played for the? Come on, let's let's pick that up. I'm not going to compare him to any other player. Dwight Howard was just extremely, extremely special. I think of Nate Thurman. Nate Thurman was a guy who played like that. You know, got you a lot of rebounds. Played defensive center type to play the defensive center type role and uh, was very special during his era. Well, Dwight Howard was kind of like that and uh, deserves to be listed. Now, Gary, I'm going to mention a couple of guys who did not make that fifth spot in my in my listing, but so you got to consider the honorable mention. And it's just because I really like these. I like one of these guys. Another guy was really changed basketball worldwide. And, and the one that I really liked and had a shortened career because of health concerns was Alonzo Mourning. I mean, Alonzo Mourning was one of the class acts in basketball, Gary. He worked his butt off when he played for the Heat. The Heat won a championship in 2006. The guy was a seven-time All-Star, two-times defensive player of the year, led the league in block shots twice, averaged about 17 points a game, and got you about you know eight or nine rebounds a game. But that also went down because he, he his minutes went down uh first team all nba once second team once he's not a top five center of that era but you you, you gotta like the guy and you, you gotta gotta show some respect to lonzo morning because he um he did have an impact on the nba speaking of having impact on the nba this guy was not the fastest guy in the court. This guy could not jump out of the gym. But this guy did have a major impact on the NBA worldwide, and that is Yao Ming. And now Yao Ming's not going to show a whole lot of all-star appearances. or You know, he had eight, eight all-star appearances. He got a lot of votes from China. And uh, was a two-time uh, all-NBA second team and made the uh, third team once. So, I'm sorry, third team, he was all-NBA three times on the third team. And so, you know, he had his, his, his kudos there. He had average about 19 points a game, got you about 9.2 rebounds a game. Uh, does he deserve to be in the top? No, not, not the top five. But does he deserve to be mentioned in this list? Yes, he does, because he did have an impact on the NBA that was very special from an international perspective and just from being a seven-foot-six guy. You know, he was huge. And Alonzo Mourning, I just like the guy, okay, period. I like him. And uh, yeah. back to when he played for Georgetown. So those two guys I want to mention along so, with my number five choice. So let me say something about uh, your honorable mention. I think another guy needs to be mentioned as well in the honorable mention list. Uh, but I'll talk about Alonzo Mourning just for a second. Um, Alonzo Mourning, 
other era would probably would have been the best center or one of the best centers in that era if he played in the Dwight Howard era. You know, it's, it's unfortunate Alonzo played in the 90s, which may have been the best era for centers. And he just got overlooked uh, throughout. When he played in Charlotte with Larry Johnson and when Muggsy Bogue was on the team, that Charlotte team was legit. They yeah, were a very they were. good team. They were. Obviously, uh, you know, when he played with Tim Hardaway with the Miami Heat, they were, you know, they were a very physical team, but he was still a very good player there. As you said it uh, before, unfortunately, his prime was shortened. It wasn't as long as the other guys' prime, but I, I 100% agree with you. He belongs to, uh, he definitely belongs in the honorable mention list. And another guy that I was shocked you didn't mention, because Yao Ming wouldn't have been in my honorable mention list at all. I understand. It would have been Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, yeah, he's a good player. Dikembe Mutombo, he was special. to me, you know, he was an eight-time All-Star. You know, he was a four-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, which I believe is tied for the record for it. Um, he led the league in blocks three times and rebounding a leader twice. But the Kembe Mutombo averaged four blocks a game three years in a row. Mm. And from, wow. Wow. from wow. 1991, wow. 1992 to 1997, 1998, he averaged at least three blocks a game. Uh, his, uh, his, his high in blocks was 4.5 blocks a game. Wow. And obviously um, he's known for uh, being one of the – Few teams to beat uh, a one seed in the NBA playoffs. His, his Denver Nugget team beating the Seattle Son uh, SuperSonics back in '94 at the eighth seed. So, uh, Dikembe also was a part of the NBA Finals with with Allen Iverson. Even though uh, there's another guy who's on this list who just made him look like you know a little kid out there. But Dikembe Mutombo, I believe, uh, um, belongs and deserves to have an honorable mention list. He's second all time in blocks. And block shots. I think when you're that great of a defensive player, you know, he makes Rudy Gobert look terrible. So when you have a guy who's that great as a defensive player, uh, I think he needs to be an honorable mention as well. But he does not belong with the other guys, but he definitely belongs to, he definitely deserves to be honorable mention. Gary, you're absolutely right. Uh, you're absolutely right. I had a chance to meet him a couple of years, just a couple of years ago. I had a chance to meet him. And once again, he's one of the uh, Georgetown centers and obviously there's one that we're going to be mentioning later i'm sure um you know was not a big score you probably average about 10 points a game for his career but bottom line gary you're right he's one of the best defensive players that ever play the game i mean he's even so legendary that there's been commercials that he's done not in my house <laughs> so because he could not get a talk about protecting the glass he protected the glass. You you went down the, in the middle. You went down at your own barrel because he would tell you, not in my house. He would throw the ball into the stands. Eight-time All-Stars, All-NBA second team once, All-NBA third team twice. Um, <laughs> a great player. Just just an absolute great. I mean, just one of the one of the best, and he does deserve to be to be mentioned. And I, you know, as we both agree, in an honorable mention category, because the top five guys that are really are really outstanding players that we have in our in our top five. And but should he be mentioned? Most definitely. He he was a special player, a joy to watch, quite frankly, Gary, because he he did challenge everyone when it came to the going into the paint. He he's he, he you had to think twice 
when you saw him there. And there were some other good guys who played that's, that center position who were also big. You know, he's got a 72, 72, 73. Believe me, I know I stood next to him. And that's uh, a very special player and a great guy and a very smart individual, Gary. Very, not just smart on the basketball court, just very intellectually smart. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm uh, in total agreement with you as far as having him mentioned as one of the honorable mention players at center. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.